Welcome to the House Church Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message by guest speaker David Enzo. If you would like to know more about the House Church, please visit our website at welcometothehouse.com or download the House app. Good morning. Good morning. Are we from the South, aren't we? Okay. If I say pumpkin, it's not going to bother you? All right. Cool. Well, you know, I asked Stephen those questions, and I don't know if he tells me what I want to hear. So let's just do a little survey here. What do you think? <laughs> Is he treating you good? Yes. How about over here? Is he treating you good? Yes. Okay. Katie? Yes. <laughs> let's get. <laughs> How's he doing? You like it still? Okay, that's good. Is there anything? Is there anything he needs to improve on? We could just tell him right here, right in front of God and everybody. And <laughs> oh my! Well, it's good to be here. Uh, I left my church. I don't like leaving my church, but my son, who will take my place in a few years, will, uh, it will do a good job. But. I'm I'm a local pastor. I, I'm not a traveler. Uh, I'm a local pastor. But I need to get out. I need to be here. I need to check on y'all. Let me tell you a little story. And this, this really blesses me. Because years ago, our church, we, we built a new building. And it, it caused some growth. But we were a typical, charismatic, word of faith church and I don't I don't know if you've ever been connected with anything like that but we saw some things in in the word of faith movement that just begin to go off off kilter I don't have my phone with me so it just began to go off kilter and and I saw some things uh, in some of the leadership some of the things that they were teaching that I just thought was a little off base and we had gone basically to those kind of conferences all of our life. So I said to Joe one time, I said, you know, we've been out to Tulsa, no telling how many times to a particular conference. And after a while, you just hear the same thing over and over and over. It's just rehashed and, and said differently. I said, let's find a new place to go. Let's find some. We need, we need some change. We've gotten stale. We've gotten stagnant. We need to make some changes in our church. We need to change the DNA. DNA is important. Now, I've been there 36 years. That DNA is deep. Okay? And when you go changing DNA, there's folks that don't like it. None. And we, we lost some very precious families when we began to make that transition. They just didn't want to go that way. So they picked a church across town that was like we were 15 years ago, and, they, and that's where they went. So they're happy there doing the things that we used to do 15 years ago that wasn't really producing much. So it was tough. I took it pretty personal, and it hurt. But I knew we had to make some changes. So we, we found a conference in Birmingham, Alabama, at a place called Church of the Highlands. 
And it was the Association of Related Churches. I'd never heard of them, didn't know anything about them. So we hopped on the plane, we went down there, and it was an eye-opener. I saw some men, when they walked in, they didn't have somebody carrying their Bible in their satchel and coming in like big shots and had to be ushered out before they could touch any. I mean, they didn't want anybody talking to them, touching them. These were real guys. These were men who had pure hearts. And it began our transition. A few years later, I called Stephen. I said, Stephen, I want to do something for you. We'll take you to ARC conference. Now, he had had a bad experience with ARC. He saw some things with some guys that were on the periphery. Yeah, that word. And, <laughs> and uh, he was kind of turned off, but I think his wife said, you're going. <laughs> and how I many you know, if you're going to get cooking and kissing, you've you got to listen to your wife. <laughs> Isn't that right? Can I get a witness? Because some of you guys are sitting there... <laughs> Okay. When you, listen, when you learn to say yes, ma'am, life will go a lot easier. Okay? So we went, and he saw what I saw. And he hooked up with ARC, and this is an ARC plant here. I invested about $700 in that trip. I paid his airline, we paid his hotel, we paid his meals. Everything. I don't think it cost him anything that year. And I did not realize that that small seed that I sowed would help produce this. And it, it tell you, that humbled. That really humbles my heart. And, and, and it causes me to rejoice because I know that a small seed sown can produce a great harvest. And I get a reward for being a part of it. He could have done it without me. He didn't need me. But sometimes God uses a small thing to help do a great thing. Because he had within him to do, I mean, he had the character, he had the integrity to do what he's going to do. But sometimes God just brings people along and says, okay, you need to look at this. Yeah. And all of a sudden it just opens a door for you. And uh, I'm so glad that y'all are doing well because we are on the hook. Us overseers, not only do we have that responsibility, but if this fails, we got to bail him out financially. <laughs> so keep giving. We want you to give. We're on the hook. <laughs> and gladly, we're on the hook. Amen? Amen. So uh, I'll tell you something. I don't know if this is Holy Spirit inspired you judge. But 14 months, you're going to outgrow this place. And if you don't want to do five services on Sunday, y'all better get some offerings together to, to get a new building. I'm telling you. Our churches explode because they do, they do ministry the right way. They do it through relationships. They do it through the word. They, there's just so many good things that they're doing. That, that brings that about. And you live in a great part of the state where it's very progressive. Ours, our part of the state is tough. Yeah. I want to tell you, it's tough. And uh, so, but God is, God is doing something and he, he has blessed us. Uh, I, I forget the worship leader's name that 
Stand around. Nick, sometimes when you, when you get ready to uh, go somewhere and speak, you, uh, you think, well, what am I going to talk about? And then you wonder, well, have I picked the right thing? And he gets up here this morning, first service, did it again, second service, and he starts talking about the, the, the father and the prodigal son. Guess what I'm talking about today? <laughs> the father and the prodigal son. And uh, we're going to go in the 15th chapter of the book of Luke. And uh, we're going to talk about some things. And I want to ask this question. We was talking about DNA. We've changed the DNA of our church. You're a young church. You are establishing your DNA. Your DNA, your DNA are the choices that you make that determines what you'll become. Okay? Our DNA, our physical DNA determines, uh, you know, when we were conceived, we received our DNA from our father and our mother, and they determined what we would be, what we would look like, what we would act like, our, our inclinations, the color of our eyes, and all of those kind of things. It determines that. So we get to choose our DNA as a church, what we're about. You know, he can choose it all day, but if you don't follow, it won't do any good. So that's what we're talking about today. What kind of church are you going to be? It's up to you. And we're going to see that in these verses of Scripture. There's three parables, and we're going to move fast. Now, the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, muttered, religious people mutter a lot. You know that? Well, I don't understand why they're doing that. <laughs> <laughs> This man welcomes, hey, he welcomes sinners and eats with them. There was a custom in the Jewish people that time. If you ate with someone, means that you accepted them. The Pharisees would not welcome them and would not eat with them because they did not accept them. But what did Jesus do? Jesus welcomed them and ate with them. What do you do when that person comes through your door that part of their teeth are missing because of meth? They got spiky, green, purple, orange, tie-dyed hair. I mean, I mean in the, in the, they're... they're, they're I, got, I don't want to say tweaking. I get tweaking and twerking mixed up sometimes. <laughs> All right, now you're, are you back with me now? This is not a religious church, is it? <laughs> okay. Either one. I mean, it's not good. I mean, you know what I'm talking about? So they come in and they're, they're tweaking. And, and, and you look at them and think, oh my gosh. Do you welcome them? We had, one time, a man and a woman, both of them dressed like women, come in our door. And I thought, oh my God, what are we going to do? And our people welcomed them. 
I had one, <coughs> it's kind of funny though, one of my, my workers, he's, he, he, he said, hey, what are we going to do? They both went to the same bathroom. They went to the women's bathroom. So what are we going to do? I believe, that's a, I believe that's a man in a woman's dress. I, and I said, well, we don't know for sure, do we? <laughs> Are you going to? No. no. <laughs> but, you know, they expected us to reject them. We just loved them. And they were, looking for, they were looking to make a scene. We loved them. They left and never came back. But if we would have made a scene... Then they could have gone out and told, oh, you know, that church out there, you know, they don't, they don't welcome people. They don't, they don't welcome our kind. And, it, you know, that's, that's difficult. And, and right ministry is challenging. You know, we, we, want to, we want to preach truth, but at the same time, we want to love people. And, that's, and finding that balance is, is very, very challenging. But if we're going, if we're going to reach out to people... We have got to have a wide range of love and grace. We've got to let God work. Okay, well, let's get back into this. So, so sharing a meal meant acceptance. So this, there was a lot of bigotry. There was a lot of religious bigotry that, you know, you got the ins and the outs. Well, the ins are the smart people, you know, the educated, the scribes, the Pharisees, the lawyers at that time. The outs were the tax collector. Jesus ate with IRS. <laughs> now, I, don't know, I don't know about you, but I'm not, you know, they're not in my top ten. <laughs> but also it's something called sinners. This was a designation for particular groups of people. And it's interesting that as I was researching through our Christmas series that I found out that shepherds were included. I gotta stay out of that area right there. The shepherds are included in that, that group. In the Old Testament, they were highly esteemed, but something happened during the New Testament time. They were not as much highly esteemed. It was just kind of a, a job that was passed off to nomads or, or something. And it's interesting that who did Jesus announce his birth to? Was it kings? Was it the political system? Was it the, was it the priest? Was it the religious system? It was a bunch of crusty shepherds. That, that he announced, that God chose to announce his birth. So Jesus has always identified with those who are hurting. But here's the truth. It don't matter what group you're in, we're all hurting. We have down and outers and we have up and outers. There's a lot of folks that are hurting. In fact, we're all in the same boat. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none that does good, no, not one. And, and so Jesus tells three parables and he's dealing with the attitude of these Pharisees. So our question today is what kind of church are you going to be? What kind of church are you going to choose to be? The first parable, interesting, deals with a shepherd who has 100 sheep and he loses one. And it says that this shepherd goes out and he searches for this, this lost sheep until he finds it. And then the Bible says, now notice that the attitude, you know, I, I bet he was put out at this sheep. This, this sheep wanders off all the time. It's the same stupid sheep. <laughs> Pastors know what I'm talking about. But it says that he gladly picked him up 
and put him on his shoulder and brought him back to the flock. And then he called his friends and said, let's have a feast for my lost sheep is found. And then Jesus said to the, the Pharisees, he says, and so does heaven rejoice when one sinner comes to repentance. It's good, isn't it? Jesus was such a good teacher. He was good. And then he tells the story of, of the lady who had ten coins. And she lost one of her coins. Now there was a custom in, in, uh, in Jewish culture that one of the things that married women do is they had a headband that had ten coins in it. And they would wear it. And this was a... This was a signification that they were married. It, so it was something that was very important to her and, and something that was very precious to her, and she lost a coin. Ladies, it would be like you losing your wedding ring. So what does she do? She goes and gets a light, and she looks all over the house. She looks in every nook and cranny of the house, and she finds her coin. And you know what? She rejoices. And you know what else she does? Again, she calls her friends and says, Listen, I, I lost my coin, and now I found it. And she says, Come and rejoice with me. And Jesus said to the Pharisees again, And such is the kingdom of heaven, that when one sinner repents, heaven rejoices. And then this other story now we call this the parable of the prodigal son. He's not really even the subject of this story. There's a lot of good things about uh, the way of repentance in this, and we don't have a lot of time to cover it, but, but we'll talk about it a little bit. But really the two objects of this story was the, the loving father and the other brother, the older brother. And guess who that older brother was? It was the Pharisees, okay? So this is what we're going to look at. In, in this story, a young man comes to his father, and he, his father was a man of means, and he says, Father, I would like to have my inheritance while you're still alive. Now this was, really, this was a slap in the face to the father. Basically he was saying, Father, I wish you were dead. He didn't want the father but he wanted what the father had. And there's a lot of people today that they, don't, they want God's blessing, but they don't really want God. That's good. They, 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 they don't want a relationship with God, but they want his blessing. And you hear them talk all of the time about how God has blessed me, but, but they don't want God. So he disgraced his father. A few days later, but the Bible says that, that the father divided the inheritance with both sons. The older son got a double portion. That was the custom. And the, son, the, the younger son got a single portion. So what happens? The son, a few days later, takes all that he has, and he's going to decide, he decides that he's going to go to a far country. I'm going to get away. I'm going to discover myself. I'm going to find myself. But you know what he did? He lost himself. You know, it, it's interesting that in the story of the sheep, uh, the sheep was lost because of foolishness. Because sheep are kind of that way sometimes. That's just sheep tend to wander. The coin was lost because of carelessness of someone else. And we have seen people lost to the gospel because of the carelessness of the church. 
or the carelessness of somebody in the church that judges or points a finger or looks down their nose or doesn't reach out to someone because, listen, when you do real ministry, ministry is messy. People are messy. Not everybody's perfect like you and me. Us Pharisees. So he goes to this country. I mean, he, he party hardy. He, he, I mean, he's, he's got the wine, the women, the song, any, and he is the host of the party, and he does that until his money runs out. Now, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees here, and it's interesting because he said, you know what? When his money went out, he got hungry, and he sold himself to feed swine. Jews don't like ham. We like ham, don't we? Sausage and bacon and all that. Jews don't like that. They don't touch them. They, they stank. They, you know, they're not around them. They don't want anything to do with them. They're unclean. So this guy was the epitome of unclean. And Jesus is telling, he's painting the picture. I mean, dirty, 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 dirty. And then it says that he came to himself and he said, You know, my father has, my father's house, the servants has more than I do. See, he, he began to realize something. He went to find himself, but he lost himself. He was once a son, but he lost. He was considered dead. He said, my, my father's servants has more than I do. He says, he does some things that looks like repentance. He says, I'm going to arise and I'm going to go. See, he could have regretted all day long and he would have stayed in regret. Regret is not something that, that brings about repentance. There's something else that had to happen. He says, I, I regret this. I, I come to myself. I realize what I've done. But I'm going to arise and go and then I'm going to say, this, this is kind of points of repentance. I'm going to arise, and I'm going to do something. I'm going to go, and I'm going to say to my father. Listen to what he says. I'm going to say, Father, I've sinned against heaven or God and you. In that order. Not only have I sinned against my father, I have sinned against my father, my heavenly father. And, and kind of like King David did, you know, after the Bathsheba incident was confronted by the prophet. He, he said, God, against you and you only have I sinned. His greatest sin was his getting away from God. And guess what? That's ours too. All have gone astray. All like sheep have gone astray. It's just, I mean, it's just so much there. So he goes to his father, and, and it's interesting because... He goes to his father and he's rehearsing his speech. And he said, Father, I, you know, I've sinned against heaven and you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me a servant. So he's going and I can just see him rehearsing his speech. And here's what I'm going to say. Here's what I'm going to say. Here's what I'm going to say. And the father sees him afar off and runs to him. Now, it's, it's considered in Jewish culture for a patriarch to run because he has to expose his legs. I mean, you, you can't run in a, in a robe. So he had to, he had to, uh, he had to yank it up and run. And this shows you the heart of that father. 
which also shows you the heart of the Father that goes beyond what is considered necessary in order to restore the Son. So he runs to his Son and he falls on him and kisses him. Now the Jewish law says that he should have been stoned. But listen, if they had picking, pick, picking, if they had picked up stones and thrown them at, at him at that point, guess what? They would have hit the father who was embracing him. And this shows you the law versus the heart of the father. See, the law was not the heart of the Father. It was a necessary thing to bring about the definition of evil so that he could bring grace and give it to us as a free gift through what Jesus did for us. But if they had tried to stone the Son, they would have hit the Father who was embracing him. The Father was covering him. And that's what God has done for us through Jesus. So the Son begins his speech. Father, I've sinned against heaven and blah, 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 blah. And the father says, whoa, bring the ring, bring the robe, kill the calf. My son who was dead, lost, is now found. Who's dead, he's now alive. See, as long as he was lost, he was useless. But when he became found, he was restored to purpose. Think about the sheep. That sheep lost was useless to the shepherd. But when it was found, he could be reunited with the flock, could make babies, do what sheep do. His purpose was restored. When the coin was lost, it was useless. But when it was found, it found its purpose again in the headset. And just like the son lost useless going nowhere, like a lot of us had been when we didn't know God, when we got found, God restores purpose for us. When that person walks through the back door, looking like I said a while ago, they may be, they may be lost. At that point in their life, they may be useless as far as purpose. But our job is to be able to see with the eye of the Father the purpose, potential that that person might have and deal with them on that level. Now, can we do that as a church? Let's talk a minute about the older brother. What if the older brother had been on the porch that day and saw him coming? You think the story would have been different? See, the, the older brother didn't love him. In fact, the older brother didn't really love the father. Because he became bitter at the Father. See, the two great commandments are love the Lord your God with all your heart, your neighbor as yourself. He didn't do that. He was living a life of entitlement. He said, Father, I mean, when, when, they, when he heard the, the sound of the party, it, he was angry. He said, Father, you've never done anything like that for me. You know what the Father said to him? The loving Father said to him, he says, Son, You've been with me always, and all I have is yours. He had already been given a double portion distribution of inheritance. And he said, son, all I have is yours. You just, you just didn't know it. 
You've been with me always. So the, the difference, and this is the way that the religious person was, the Pharisee. All had been given to them, but yet they were bitter when God does something for those who are on the outside. I know churches that are like that. I'm an old Pharisee. I'll just, I'll just be honest. I had to go through a transformation. We do a ministry called Celebrate Recovery. One of the most eye-opening ministries. On Friday nights, we'll have somewhere between 200 and 250 people at Celebrate Recovery. I sinned again. I'm sorry. <laughs> I went in one Friday night and was sitting in the back. I don't do it. Sometimes I just watch it. I oversee it, but I'm not in charge of it. But I am in charge of it. You know, you know what I'm talking about. But I was sitting in the back, and they were worshiping. And the Spirit of God was just there, thick. You know what I'm talking about? You've been in, you've been in those moments where, where God was just there, and He's there. And I, and I got to looking around. I said, God, don't you know that they're sleeping together? Over? Don't you know that it, you know, He's on and off the wagon? Don't you know? Don't you know? Don't you know? And it's just like God said, shut up. And let me do what I do. It's, and this old Pharisee had to have a change of heart right there. He doesn't do it as fast as I want him to. Some of them take a long time. Some of them don't make it. But that's okay. They have a chance as long as there is a loving father attitude in the house and not a Pharisee attitude in the house. Can I tell you something about your pastors? They have the heart of the Father. But you know what? You got to let that get into you too. I don't know. How many of you have a tendency to be judgmental and critical? Can anybody be honest today? I can size somebody up in a minute. I mean, I'm just thinking... I, I, you know, I see this quartet singing, the men and women, and I think, I bet he's sleeping with her. And I'm thinking, where'd that come from? It's just, it's just that is something that's a part of us, I guess. But I'm learning to try to see people through the eyes of the Father. My prayer is, Lord, let me love people the way you love people, and let me see people the way you see people. It will change our attitudes completely. So what kind of church are you going to be? Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message ministered to you. Feel free to let us know on the Connect tab of the House Church app. We hope you have a great week.